Like I've been living a lie It's beautiful, huh? The way I can keep it inside I'm settled in somebody's dream Seeing through one of his eyes Pieces of somebody's mind Pictures of thoughts in the frame I stand alone in the dark now Saddened and crippled in shame I loaded my pistol in pain Cock it and clicked in the pain Woke in the sweat Feeling the death Creates an eclipse in the brain Sometimes I think I'm insane I hear the voice when I'm sleeping Whispers my name again and again It's what she's singing to me Wanna cry? We kiss in the rain. She's speaking to me once again. Hymns in my ear, but this isn't clear. I listen, but nothing's explained. This is a lie. A feeling inside. I still often drift when I drive. The tears that left burns on my cheeks. Emotionless mirrors with eyes staring me down. A view of the soul. The heart of a woman is cold. My conscience is weak. She making me weak. The only love I've ever known has left me alone. And I'm dying inside, the only thing left is my pride The pain that you hear in my rhyme For happiness I never find, it's all in my mind failed at something. I honestly believe that. It was looking at us from outside, you'd think we'd take better care of our hearts. I died when you did mentally. Spiritually, I'm numb. I feel nothing. The voices in my head are screaming louder than my lips. All the words I should have said are slipping through my
reacting to every external fucking stimuli, stimuli that, yes. that, that, that supposedly <laughs> challenges your manhood or challenge your downness or you're keeping it real. And I mean, again, and I'm not saying hip hop, I love fucking hip hop, dude, but it has a certain sect that has created a culture of fucking death, man. Mm-hmm. I remember, death I remember there, 100%. There, was a, there was a, yeah, no, I, um, a movie called the show back in the nineties, man. It was like oh, a backstage yes. kind of thing mm-hmm. of, and there was uh, slick Rick, dude. He's like, this was in the fucking mid 90s like man we've seen it i know we're not having it we're done with it he's like but what's next i'm paraphrasing but he's just like yeah we get it man everyone in the 90s man we're the gangster rappers the cnn of the streets and you're still oh you can't have the up without the down you can't have the poor without the rich i know we still have social economic problems mm-hmm. but fuck man some of so many of these cats who've made so much money off this yes off this industry and it has, they, they're sh- there should be more shit going on. And people say it's the fucking white man or whatever the fuck. Fuck that shit, dude. Since 2013, for the first time in the history of the fucking black community, they had a uh, uh, basically disposable purchasing net income of $1 trillion. Mm-hmm. One fucking trillion. That builds schools, grocery yeah. stores, fucking, uh, you know, newspapers, radio things. So, and again... We need to take responsibility as people of color, black folks, whatever you want to call it, of creating generational wealth, community wealth. The politicians will take you fucking seriously if you're not so willing to burn down your shit and you're investing in your communities. Because you know the, what I mean? Because and, the plan, a plan has been put in place, as we've highlighted, to remove fathers from the home and to break down that nuclei. We don't have, we don't, we don't have communities. We don't have neighborhoods. They're called hoods now, aren't they? Because yeah. there's no neighborhoods. It's, it's just hood. Yeah. And that's, that's all. I mean, again, and it's, it's never frowned upon in other communities, Chinatown, Koreatown, Ukrainian village, Greek town. Mm. You have certain communities that invest in the communities and create yes. generational wealth. Black folks don't do that. And I'm not saying, I'm not, I don't mean to generalize, but in certain these hoods and communities, inner city communities, I mean, it, it's just all fucked up. And they, I mean, like I said, dad's out of the house, but they got money to get the fucking nails done. They got a doper <laughs> iPhone than I do. Or, I mean, it's just like this, this misallocation. They're yeah. willing to stop motherfuckers out for Jordans. Oh, yeah. But it's like, but, but such and such can't graduate from high school. Mm. Or he does graduate from high school, but he's illiterate and can't fucking read. You know what I mean? It's just like the priorities, priorities. are so fucked up. And that, that comes with just, I think, poverty and being poor, period. But as, as black folks specifically talk about it, again, one trillion, a trillion dollars does a lot of fucking good in communities across the country. Again, look at fucking Black Wall Street, man. There were so many millionaires and shit like that. Even Detroit before the riots. I mean, it's, Detroit, it's impossible, man. Uh, absolutely. Charleston, Charleston as well. There was North from Charleston, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Florida, Macon, Georgia, I think as well. There was there was a few bustling communities where there was you know a lot of affluent black folk doing their thing, and you know the and uh, again if we look at it if you look at the climate of what was going on over in America at that point. Um, I think there, there was still segregation going on at that point, I take it. What year? Um, that Wall Street, that was early 1900s. Uh, yeah, that was like 20, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah they, Tulsa, Oklahoma, that was yeah. like one of the most thriving areas, yeah. This is it, so if we look at it, and it, it's, it's terrible to say this, but they were almost forced into excellence without, without you know, and, until, they assassinated Martin Luther King Rising Paradise and, you know, who was fighting for not human rights, but yet civil rights. Right. And we could then drink from the same fountains and all that kind of stuff. That's where we started to see the decline. It was was psychologically in in, in black people's head. Why? I want more now. 
I want what the white folk. I want to shop where the white folks are spent. Uh, yeah. Are buying their yes. things. You know, I want to yes. eat at the nice. You know, where they go and eat now. I've always been eating with my people, and I will maybe continue to do that occasionally. But I've, my chest is high now. I yeah. want to well, eat with the elites. And it's, I don't know, I don't know how to say this, but it becomes you want to take on the adornments. You don't feel equal enough or good enough unless you're rolling with your oppressors, quote unquote. That's why, and I don't mean to get too much flack from this for my Mexican brothers and sisters, but we know what happened with the Spanish Inquisition. You had you had native peoples, the Aztecs and things like that. When the Spanish came in with Catholicism, they fucking decimated the country, countries for hundreds of years. Now you look at so many people like. Catholicism is the is the uh, religion of the day. Everyone's got Virgin Mary's tattooed all over them. It it creates this sign of subtle unconscious inf- inferiority complex, like you said. No, I know we're making millions in our hood, but I'm really not doing it big unless I'm able to do, you know, go hang with fucking eat and drink with white folks. I mean, which again, you want to be able to do that. But for me, if, if I was thinking that way, it's like, I, look, I'm I'm fucking good. I'm over here stacking millions. My community is thriving. Yeah. I would like to be able to go into town and fucking have dinner at such and such restaurant. And, you know, obviously, you know, we, we, that was allowed to happen. But like you said, integration came at the cost of, of real self-sufficiency and, 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 and generational wealth creation. Like we said, to the Carolinas, Atlanta, Tulsa. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a terrible thing to say, but when we look at it subjectively, I mean, it, it's a good thing. I mean, I don't, you know, and you've got a lot of uh, white nationalists, I guess, and they, they talk about separation and stuff. And, uh, you know, what's that guy's name? There's a really eloquent one. He's got an irritating voice. Um, not David Duke. <laughs> Which one? Uh, there's David Duke. He's a quite eloquent, eloquent, I would say, in regards to he. Uh, and some of his views are quite strange and stuff. But I, I get what you know. Some of these, because you would call him an extremist, right? Extremist, sure. Yeah. Right. Former Klan guy. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. It wanted to run. Didn't he want to run for for governor or something like that? I yeah. I think he even maybe tried to run for president here over the last twenty mm. years once or twice. I don't know. This is it. So I don't like, follow. I know who he is, but I don't. I don't. You know, he's not yeah. necessarily my cup of tea. So, but I feel you exactly. So you know, you've got and, and listen. Everybody is entitled to do that. If we're not talking about harming people and you know, all that kind of stuff, look. You re, if you want to live in a little separate community, by all means, do it. I, I, Without I've got no, a doubt, I've got no problem. Yeah, yeah I, and I honestly, and I, I've always heard and I've always thought. I respect you more if you come out and be like, nah, dude, I don't fuck around, whatever it is, whether you're, you know, the, some of the black supremacists kind of the guys who dress up like Power Rangers, the uh, <laughs> the uh, Hebrew or whatever, you know, they just like scourge fucking white people. And there's yeah. white people who's like, I mean, it's like you said, as long as you're, I don't, I don't give a fuck what you think. I don't, you know, there, there are people who think professional wrestling is still real. There are people who think oh the fucking God. earth is flat. You know what I mean? Hey, I don't give Jeffrey, a fuck what that you think, broke dude. my heart when I found out wrestling wasn't real, man, when I was <laughs> You know, I would argue with my, my mother, my two sisters. Look, look what happened. Look, he really punched him there. And it wasn't until, blood. yeah, this, yeah. Was, yeah, you know, it was real blood. You know, with their little razors they keep. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I fell hook, line and sinker for it. I, f- I fell for it, and that well, was when one of ten. <laughs> when you're fucking ten, I get it. But you know, you have people, you know, grown ass motherfuckers. And again, that's what if if you're so thrown not you, but if people are so thrown off by what other people think or feel or say, then you're so easily manipulated. I don't give a shit what. Just don't touch me. Don't don't hurt anybody. You can take your you know take your flat earth and go wherever with it. I don't give a shit. You can even have seminars and pack a thousand people make money. I don't give a shit. But if when you if you start you know using that ideology to you know, almost like, you know, ancient, you know, not ancient, but, 
Christianity to spreading the world. What you don't believe? Uh, we're gonna kill you, or you yeah. better believe we're gonna kill you, or the Inquisition, or whatever. Inquisition. Anything where they force the shit on you. I don't. Mm. That's not cool. That's not cool. But that's you know. Or the Salem witch, witch hunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Variety is the spice of life, man. And I've had so many conversations with people I don't fucking agree with. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, man, we all, you know, to quote JFK, you know, we we all breathe the same air. We all cherish our children's futures and we're mm -hmm. all mortal. Once we have these conversations, we might disagree on certain aspects of it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we have way more in common than we do different. We just have different ways that we see the fucking world. And God, heart stopper, that's okay. I know. People need to be able to see the world different than you and articulate that to you without you fucking going off and, again, taking ownership of, of their life, how they see the world. Who gives a fuck? You know, I think, think it you're... is. It's, it's, as you touched on very early in, in, in the conversation, ego. People yes. don't understand how powerful ego, the ego is. They don't recognize it. They don't understand it. Um, and also, with the outside of the ego, we've got an auto-program character. So we 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 operate a lot of the times on autopilot. A lot of the things we say, a lot of the things we do, it's repeated, repetitive. It's just like when you get in the car from work and you drive home. That's all autopilot. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> and that that's that almost goes back to that kind of when you sit in front of the TV and you get kind of flicker rated into this kind of theta zombie mode where you're super suggestible, you're half awake, you're half asleep. Mm. You're just in this kind of zombie hypnotic state. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge, I mean, not, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor, but it's people. So again, like you said earlier, there's nothing wrong with taking pride in your ethnicity and pride in your race, et cetera, et cetera. But that is your life situation. I, that's not your life in my opinion our life is you know we're spiritual beings having this 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 human experience and in this particular case your human experience is xyz guy from birmingham etc cetera, etc cetera. and we can we can obviously learn from that but again people are so extremely tribal and they so define themselves by external situations in my humble opinion i think so much of that shit has to do with a basic fear of death because we all want to control our external circumstances. Oh yeah. And when we can't, it freaks us out. And what's the biggest external circumstances that we'll never be able to control is the fact that we're all going to fucking die. Mm. So I think on an unconscious level, I think that's a lot of what we do, man. A lot of us trying to control external shit or being so visceral reactive to external shit is a huge underlying fear of not being able to control the fact that we're going to die someday. <laughs> I know that might be a leap for some people, but that's just my opinion. Well, look, it's, it's it's something which you don't necessarily think of too much, depending on what state of mind, mentally, emotionally you, you're in. But it's something we all know. We have a we have a start date, and we have an end date. Uh, yeah. Depending depending on your spiritual beliefs or whatever you believe in. In my opinion, the Most High has created has 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 a book. You have a book of life. You have an end date and a start date. That dash in between is you. That you having yeah. the experience, it's having the ups, it's having lows, it's having, you know, it's going through it. When that end date happens, that now again, depending on your school of thought or, or your, your verbiage, it's, we, we, currently we live in a third dimension. Looking at, if, if a fifth or fourth dimensional object entered our realm, that would be an anomaly, wouldn't it? It'd be something we wouldn't necessarily be able to you know, articulate, it, it's something strange. What, what's that? Let's say a 12th dimension object entered our realm. Again, 
we, we probably wouldn't even be able to see that. So again, within this vessel, this vessel that we're in, this vehicle, we have a soul and we have a spirit, again, depending on how you look at it. That's energy. That is an energy source. Yeah. Energy cannot dissipate. So this three dimensions. Repeat that again, sorry. Well, and like you were alluding to, hopefully you can hear me. Yes. Um, about energy. That, that's kind of, you know, the perception, our, our limited modes of perception, almost like a light spectrum. We can only see so many aspects of the spectrum of light, but we do know X-ray, gamma rays, infrared is out there. We just can't see them. And when you start alluding to multiple dimensions, there, there's shit going on around us right now. But through our levels of perception, we just can't see it. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I totally agree. Like chopping up again. No, no, no. No, you came through perfect, and I totally agree with that. That that's um, that is the easiest way to describe it um, and to explain. Obviously, we haven't been to other dimensions yet, but clearly there is something outside of the physical realm. Physical items are, are, are vibrating at a slow vibrationary pa pattern or frequency. Hence, we can see them. We speed that up. Everything is, is vibrating. The, the molecules. Yes. Well, yeah. again, through modes of perception, nothing, nothing is solid, right? Mm -hmm. We think this table's solid, but you know, these, these molecules, these atoms are moving constantly. And it's just like our, our modes of perception that make us think that things are solid. So, there, I mean, again, there's so much more going out outside going on outside of our level of perception. I, that's why I, I find that stuff really, really fascinating. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's, I, I love the three-dimensional realm. I love this life, um, but I can't wait to get to the other destination. Well, you need to have on my boy, Matt LaCroix, man. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of his work, a recent book called The Stage of Time. Ancient civilization, ancient technology, the fact basically that civilizations have come and gone multiple times over thousands, hundreds of thousands of years and there's been this huge concerted effort, if you will, to keep the true nature of who we are a secret. So we can just be these, basically, like you're saying, they're just 3D based, you know, there's nothing going on outside the world around us, but they were, they were hip to so much more um, back in the day and access to so much more technology, et cetera. And yeah, it's, it's really, really fascinating stuff. And it just helps me understand that, you know, this is, a, the, the war of the direction of humanity goes back eons and eons going back to ancient, ancient times. But mm -hmm. there is a reason why they keep us so, quote unquote, stupid and keeping up with the Kardashians and willing to trample other human beings for Black Friday sales and keep us vibrating on this low, low yes. level you know, frequency of just base, base chakra level. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's a reason for that. They don't want us to know how dope we are which is why I think, in no disrespect to anybody who's, I mean, that's why we get so many of these simple stories about the origin of man. And, you know, we, you know, again, I know disrespect, but the whole, like we were born sinners, the original sin condemned man forever. And the only way to get out of that is to believe Jesus is the man. And I, I, I enjoy Jesus. I like Jesus. I think Jesus was an actual person. I think Jesus was well in tune and tapped into this, this ancient understanding of who we really are, which is why they had to kill him. That's my humble opinion, if he even existed. But yeah, yeah, it's uh Well, if we look at the root words, as I love to do, look at the root word of religion comes from religio, Latin. Bind, restrain, hold back, cut off. Mm. So based upon that description, the, 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 the modern term in English 
<laughs> it fits it to a to a letter. The, yeah. The book, if if people was just to go to the original source, forget these these so called imams, these prophets, or you know what elders. Sorry, not prophets. It's they're called themselves elders, yeah. um, priests, bishop. Forget all. Forget that. When two or more are gathered in my name, that is church. So there is not a physical building. You read the right. book, you interpret it, you take the principles out, you know, because there's lots of good principles in there. Take the, the fables um, yeah. <laughs> and all that yeah. kind of stuff out. Take that out and look at the Levitical law, look at marriage law, look at how to treat your neighbor and your brother and all that. There's stuff that if we, we all as, as, the, as humanity and as mankind um, lived or tried to live by just some basic rules I think we could all survive um, a lot more coherently, um, even with the different ethnicities, even though we've got different tribes and different locations, stuff like just basic common decency and morality. I think yes. you can get out of that. Um, yeah, without uh, a doubt. That's, I, I, would, I describe myself as a golden rule person as well. And despite whatever differences we have, I mean, look at it throughout the world. We have so much more in common than we do different. And if we just looked at it from that standpoint of just, you know, do unto others, it sounds almost corny. But that's literally like the, the silver bullet, if you will. I mean, it's just you just treat people how you want to be treated. And we wouldn't. And that's the thing, you know, not to get back into it, but because of our tribalism, because of our differences, we use that to justify not being able to adhere to that very, very simple rule. I can't I can't hang out with you, dude, because you don't accept Jesus as your personal mm. savior. You don't believe X, Y, Z. It's like, really? Can we talk about how great our kids are doing in school and how you know we want the best for them? And, you know, just the basic shit, really? The it's whatever it's it sucks because it's such extraneous external nonsense it yeah. uh it makes us forget just you know like like we're saying we're just we're just it's all just, floating around on this fucking rock man and we just happen to manifest in these certain avatars but that doesn't change the fact that we're all infinite conscious awareness a part of something way bigger than we are you you clearly um read and watch a lot of david ike right <laughs> I, I've been a fan of Ike for a while. Yeah, we actually interviewed him not too long ago, last year, maybe a year and a half ago. That was that Excellent. was a score. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you take one off the bucket list, man. You've got the great Mr. I Mr. Ike or Icky, as the Americans call yeah, him. No, I, when he came on, man, it was <laughs> I think something had happened. I mean, he's people who are paying attention have his work has been vindicated a long time. So I'm like, when he comes on, I'm like, thank you, sir. I know you probably I pulled you off the track, you know, doing your victory laps. <laughs> like, I appreciate you taking the time because he's, you know, I, except for the whole shape. I mean, I don't go with the shape-shifting reptilian. reptilian. That's I, I, cool. That's a cool little thing. I love it. I love it. It, it is. It, it is. And again, anything is fucking possible. But my certain considerations suggest that, I, I don't know. Anyway, he's, he's with the nature of reality and the power structure of, of you know, globalism, et cetera. I mean, he's, he's been fucking spot on with all mm. that shit. So I was, that's why I was really stoked to talk to him. You um, eat the meat and spit out the bones. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> well, definitely. I mean, it's like with um, Mr. Jones. Alex? Yeah, Alex. He's, he's a, a, a lovely, entertaining character. A lot of his information is correct. But a lot of it is just folly. Well, no, no, not a lot of it. Some of it is just pure folly and entertainment and, 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 and you know. Well, whatever it's called, like uh, conspiratainment, if you will. And <laughs> That's I'm, a new I mean, one. I've heard that before. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, the whole old term, you know, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Mm -hmm. There's something about kind of being entertaining while also feed, sending you 
information about fucking fire and brimstone, how bad shit is. That's an art to be able to do that. Yeah. My boy, Sam Tripley, stand-up comic, he's host the Tinfoil Hat podcast. He's great at it. You know, he'll add a little bit of humor in the fact that this is a transhumanist, you know, a eugenics agenda. Because <laughs> it can't always be, it can't always be, oh, I think I'm breaking up again. No, no, you're coming through. You're coming through. Oh, okay. It, it can't just always be, because that's kind of our show. I mean, we, we go hard and we have great guests on and we really don't fuck about. So it's, uh, I, I kind of, I've tried, tried to bring some levity to it here and there, but at the end of the day, they're really pretty, you know, serious. It's, it, and, it, Exactly. It is hard. I mean, Sam's his, his own character and that he's he's good at, you know, interjecting, uh, you know, penis jokes into stuff and <laughs> yeah. was it big booty Houston strippers and all this kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> it can be a bit cringeworthy at times, but that's, that, you know, that's Sam for you, you know, we, we all have our idiosyncrasies, we all have our personalities and love them for or sure. hate them, you know, that, that that's who we are as people. Um, trustfully, you know, when we do step out of, you know, out of boundaries or out of line, um, we have a, a good support circle around us to say, whoa, you might want to <laughs> slow down a little bit on that yes. talk of it. <laughs> yeah, I opened up for him this weekend. He was here in St. Louis. Oh, yes. I remember him saying. He yeah, he's at the Helium Comedy Club. So I did a couple nights with him. It was fun. I'm not a stand-up comic, but I'm, I, I like that world, man. I like public speaking. I like talking, but the pressure to try to be funny is a little nerve-wracking, but it's, it's fun, man. We had a good how, time. How did he go? How, did, how, how long was you up for? Uh, I only did about 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes between five and 10. Yeah, I was just kind of the guest spot guy to bring him up. Warm the crowd up. <laughs> yeah, well, we, yeah, we had our, we had our MC doing that, but he just, I mean, he's, he's just like, hey man, you want to do five, 10 minutes? Just cause I've talked to him about doing it before. I mean, he's just really supportive like that. You know what I mean? He's really generous, obviously with his time, stage time. And so it was just cool, man. I love Sam. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's, he's entertaining, man, definitely. So, Mr. Tripoli. <laughs> and, and, and Tim as well. Tim's entertaining as well, but I, I, I tend not to watch a lot of his, 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 his podcasts. Tim Poole? Oh, no, um, Tim Dillon. Oh, Tim Dillon, okay. Yeah, yeah, I like when he just, I think he's a, he's a funny guy, but I, I like when he just sticks to the information and just, just fires all the, all the, because he's got a, a mind full of all of these dates and information and stuff, like the Nazis and all this kind of stuff. I like when he just, just yeah. fires that stuff off. Yeah, I'm a huge, I mean, he's had a great year, man. He's, uh, I just started kind of following him not too long ago and he's been on with Joe, with Alex Jones and him. And yeah, yeah he's funny. He's super funny. Definitely, definitely. That's why it's so sad, man, talking to my boy Sam and all those guys who did, you know, basically made their living off stand-up because of this COVID shit. It's like, it's so disruptive. Their, I mean, like many people, it's disruptive their ability to make a living because comedy places are closed. Like when the one we did this weekend, there was no, you couldn't, there was no food available, no booze available. It's just like, who wants to come up to a dry comedy club? What? Yeah, yeah. Wait, so, so it's like, what, what's the reasoning behind not serving any food? Wouldn't that be a way of getting around the restrictions of doing that? Well, I mean, everyone's, you know, sensibility on it is different and Helium's a, you know, corporate franchise on all throughout the country, whatever. But I, I, I think they just figured that that might have been increasing levels of exposure to serve food and drink. I mean, I don't know how the hell they're making money, but it's it's so counterintuitive. I, I commentate and I call combat sports here uh, for this promotion here in the U.S. and our last event a few weeks ago. Which which promotion? I was I was unaware uh, of these, Jeffrey. No, that's all right. Caged aggression MMA, man. I I call it with Pat and um, one of his former students at the military fighting system, Jens Pulver. He was the first lightweight uh, 
featherweight. He was the first champion in one of the weight divisions, and obviously Pat was the first welterweight. Anyway, so we had oh, our last wow. event a few weeks ago, and they didn't have – they already had restrictions of – they could seat about 3,000 people. They could only bring in, like, 300. Whoa. And then the, the week of the fights, Governor Kim Reynolds basically shut it down and canceled it. But then Mike went to bat with some lawyers and stuff, so he was able to get the fight still going, still with only 300-plus people but he couldn't serve food or drink. So he, good thing. We have a great team together that put together a pay-per-view platform. So we were able to, actually, this was our third event. September, we had one. October, we had one. November was our last. And we had pay-per-view going for all of them. So we we basically increased our numbers each month. So that was a way to kind of make up for the loss yeah. of the gate. But it was crazy. And that's just happening kind of. Well, will that be available for, for general consumption after a period of time or? Um, it's already up there. If you go to Cage Aggression MMA on YouTube, um, our latest, I think all of the events here this past summer, September, October, November, are up there now is two nights. So we had a Friday and Saturday uh, night uh, card of fights, each each one of those events. So September, October, November, we got a two-night thing going, and we'll get back to it in March, God Excellent. willing. And, yeah, yeah, so it's fun, man. We've I've always wanted to do that. I've always been into MMA and combat sports and professional wrestling. I've called some of that, too, so. It was good, man. It was the cool. Old, the old wrestling. <laughs> oh, dude, that's my thing. On my other show, on my, on my the show that started it out for me. That's how I got on Pat's radar. I mean, I've known Pat, but my show—it's me speaking to you. If you guys want to go check that out, we are. Um, I set up kind of a network over on Rockfin and some of our other RSS feeds called That Podcast Network. So we got the Conspiracy Farm, another show called Everything Combat, which we've interviewed like George Foreman, MMA people. The premise of it wow. really is. Um, because life is a fight. So anybody's gone through some shit to get to the next level. And then my show, it's me speaking to you. Um, it's kind of a hashtag. It's me, SPK, and the number two, the letter U. But I've had on Kamala, the Ugandan giant. Don't know Kamala! If you know him, he just died. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I had on Pat. Pat was my first guest. A lot of MMA veterans and, you know, UFC veterans and WWE Hall of Famers. And it's more of a, the premises of a variety of guests discussing yeah. a variety of issues, really more like you're I saying, like, like your show, hey, lighthearted. Jeff, have you had Sensational Sari on? She's dead, but no, I haven't. Oh, she's, that's just nice, she. She died about 10 years ago, yeah. Fucking of course. No. Damn. It's, I it's, thought she was hot, dude. Was a, I don't know what it was. As I a child, listen, you're bringing it back, man, and that's why I brought you <laughs> up, because as a little one... Uh, <laughs> She was one of the best women on there, man. Oh, man. I mean, she was a good worker, too. And she's a great uh, manager. Great, uh, great manager. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Sensational Sherry. Damn. Rising Paradise is Sensational Sherry. I was totally unaware of that. I watched one of her interviews maybe just as lockdown started, actually. I was just looking at some wrestling interviews and stuff and stumbled across hers. It yeah, seems she... that that sport is riddled with so much pain and 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 suffering inside yeah, the I ring was just outside the ring to a friend i i was a huge technically a mark you know as a kid you watch it for you know it's real god damn it it's real but then you know obviously you get older and that's why i love watching these shoot interviews i'm a huge fan of jim cornette show the jim cornette experience and the drive-through mm. where they just ask questions as a kid obviously you know as an adult you obviously know it's horseshit but looking back and hearing the ins and outs of some yeah. of these great moments and road stories and just behind the scenes stuff where you understand the business side of it not so much the show yeah you're right man I and mean, it's just like the toll on these guys bodies and 
back in the day, their territories and the roads and the miles they would drive and just like wrestling injured and doing the same thing every night for like 350 days a year. It's, and that's something how the body breaks down. As, a ch- as you say, as a child, I didn't understand. I thought that these guys were like fighting while well, wrestling and maybe like twice or three times a month. They were they were having like back to they were in Florida, Pensacola, do AM doing a fight an event, and then in the night they were going to another part of Florida and doing an event. Yeah, was... No, exactly. Well, no, yeah, that's uh, listen to Jim Cornette. He's like they would be in like a day show, two two o'clock show in wherever, hop on Jim Crockett's plane, fly to didn't even change clothes, didn't even get out of the wrestling. It would fly to wherever and barely make the show. It's absolutely insane during the territory days how much travel these guys and just. And, Yeah, so those guys would get off work at like, you know, they'd get done with the matches like 10, 11 o'clock and they'd literally go get like a case of beer and then drive to wherever, you know, four or 500 miles, 300 miles, whatever it is. It was always different. But before the interstate days, they'd hit the highway, man. It's driving down the road, smoking weed and sitting under some of the younger guys coming up. They would be able to sit under the learning tree riding with like a, you know, Harley race, Dick Martin, whatever, just some of the veterans where you just don't have that anymore. Obviously, the businesses that we knew is dead but mm. just hearing the stories man the territory days and again a lot of the behind the scenes politics and just you know shit that went down that you just had no freaking clue of it i just find it it's so very fascinating and it's almost again a metaphor for kind of reality in life we see th- certain things one way at a certain point in time in our life but as we get older or whatever as we get more information we just mm. see that very same thing in a completely different light totally. it doesn't take away the shine from it but it just gives you that 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 insight that's like Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've still got my, I've still got my Hulk Hogan action doll. I got my, um, <laughs> what have I got? I got, Ju- I got um, Jimmy Valentine. I've got one of the rockers, Marty Greg the rocker. Valentine. Greg yes. Valentine. Yes. Yes. Greg Valentine. Uh, I got all my cards. Remember the superstar cards? I still got oh all of them. Oh my gosh, bro. You're going back. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Digging in the crates, man. I got them. I got, I've got, I've got literally ones I used to, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I used to do with them, to be fair. And I had another one that was another box with, and I never used to touch them. So they're like in pristine condition kind of thing. I was like a little nerd back then, man. <laughs> oh, God. Dude, I only, I, I was able to, I only had two of them. I had Hulk Hogan and I had Andre the Giant. And the fucking wars those two would have under my watch, dude. I, I remember I got told of my sister's red fingernail polish and busted Andre open. His face is all red. I remember even, <laughs> I remember even a cigarette burn in in Hulk Hogan's side. I mean, I just used to go ham with that shit. I, those are such the great old days, man. I, I honestly, I love watching those shoot interviews and some old school stuff because it's like, especially now, you just want that slice of of yesteryear. It's like when it was no tell, worries. Yeah, tell me about it. The, the good old days, man. The good old days. Yeah. The, mo- the most you had to worry about is having a good pair of trainers to go to school with. And that was it. Yeah, you know, is, is my chain going to fall off my dirt bike again? You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> but it, it's cool, man. Like being able to commentate and, you know, St. Louis. I mean, I don't know how far you go back with wrestling, but the National Wrestling Alliance was, yes. you know, where Ric Flair. Yeah, so they were headquartered out of St. Louis, which is where I was. I live now. And I was just able to meet, you know, guys like Larry Matisic, who was the announcer for Wrestling at the Chase, which is, an, you know, an iconic mm. show for wrestling. So I was able to meet and interview him and just, you know, have that, you know, that privilege and that pleasure of being able to pick some of these guys' brains from something I was so, so into as a kid. The Fink, is, he's, he's not with us anymore, is he? 
He just, Howard Finkel just passed away a couple months ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Pat Patterson just died. Well, and that's the cool thing. I'm sorry. I've lost my train of thought, but uh, one of my favorites as a kid was Manny Fernandez, the raging bull. Not a, maybe not a lot of people know who he is, but um, he was he, in Jim Crockett promotions, but he came here to St. Louis. You know how these guys still mm, wrestle still or make appearances. So he, he came and hang out. We hung out and I'm like, dude, after the matches, we had a fucking few beers. I'm like, damn, dude, I'm sitting there having fucking beers with Manny Fernandez. <laughs> I was marking out like a champ. It was awesome. I can imagine. <laughs> I tell you what, you um, who was the last name you just mentioned? He, um, Manny Fernandez? No, just before that. Uh, wrestler? He, no, the uh, yeah, uh, for Pat Patterson. Oh yeah, Pat Patterson. He just. What I mean, about all the controversy and uh, being in the UK, I didn't see any of this. Nothing about the steroids. Number one, I didn't see a yeah, lick yeah. of that over here. But the flipping homosexual stuff, man. What on oh, earth? Yeah, I just, I just again, I listen to Jim Cornette like all too often, and so he was. He just did a show talking about his passing. So you had your ring boy scandal back in the day yes. with this guy, Mel Phillips, I think yes, his name was. Yes, Mel Phillips, that crazy Buckeye-looking dude. Yeah, yeah, and Terry Garvin, who apparently had, you know, I see, and I don't know, I'm, I'm a cynical fucker in my mind. If, if one of them's doing it, they're all doing it. But supposedly, according to Jim Cornette, he kind of just got, Pat kind of just got caught up in it because he was the only other gay guy. So I don't know of any actual allegations against Pat in, mm -hmm. in specific. I have no idea. And I would hate to just lump him in just because. Oh, you yes, know. yes. But, but, it's, the, but again, for, for me, I, I, I know, <laughs> just just thinking about it, bring it going back to my childhood and stuff. I just, I, I mean, back then they were, you know, we'd call that kind of stuff fairy, that you were a fairy, fairy boy or something yeah, like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, just, I, I couldn't put two and two together. I, I was like, what? They're wrestling in tights and stuff. And then yeah. some of them are like forcing other people to do things to them. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, I mean, honestly, and again, as you get older and you start hearing some of these backstories, like professional wrestlers are fucking freaks, dude. Yeah. Whether he's gay or not. Like, there's a story about fucking Harley Race, man, after the matches, case of beer, flying down a fucking highway. He's been in two car, multiple car accidents, boy, boat accident. His wife was killed in a car accident that he was in. He's driving down the fucking street, pounding beers, smashing a midget. He's fucking a midget while he's driving. What? Yes, dude. He's fucking, and a, and a cop pulled him over. And they got, yeah, guys like Tony Atlas. I don't know if you know Tony Atlas. Yes. Big fucking muscle. Yes. He likes when people walk on him. He likes when people walk, when chicks walk on his face, like barefoot, like just walk on his fucking face. I mean, they're just, it's, that's what also I find so fascinating about that world. You have, basically grown men, maybe a little bit of, uh, what's they called, arrested development to some yes. degree. They never, they're, they're making shit tons of money. They're fucking freaks. They're superstars, some of them. And I know a lot of wrestlers who are super even killed, so I'm not trying to generalize all professional wrestlers, but on a whole, those fuckers were just wild. That's yeah. why they all died so, you know, so goddamn mm. early, because they were just doing everything. Yes. You know, but I, again, I just, Michael Hayes said one time, he's like, you know, what is it? Uh, it's better to have a good time because a bad time is a waste of time. And, you know, he was a member of the Freebirds and two of the three of those Freebirds are dead. So it's like, yeah, but it's just a fascinating world. And again, it like is. going back to kind of the sexual proclivities, you would just hear, you would hear crazy shit. <laughs> you hear some of these student <laughs> interviews, you hear crazy shit about some of the shit these guys did. And you're like, wait a minute, I thought his gimmick was the preacher or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just, just get turned up. But that's, again, the beautiful, like, having your mind fucked. Like, man, reality's just not what I thought it was. Mm. Granted, 
and I, I want to write a book one day it's called it's all wrestling because you can almost extrapolate so much life shit reality shit from oh, yeah. professional wrestling 100%. How, you know so much is a work like everyone thinks it's real or you know whether you're 10 like oh my god he's beating the shit out of him and it, you know you just get old and you find out how much of the work is in play and you see that just throughout a lot of aspects of our life <laughs> like you know i've just had a flashback you know when they used to throw them into the turnbuckle and then jump on top of them and then look at the crowd and then start pounding on them and they used to count yeah one, one. two <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is which is which is weird because when i was a kid and i thought it was real still you can't be on the ropes longer than five seconds so i'm like without getting disqualified so how do you get to 10 yeah. without getting disqualified i'd be like what the fuck rap do your job <laughs> it's, it's it's all fun and games man it's all fun and games and it's, it's made this the people who we are today mind all, all these experiences all that stimuli all that oh yeah oh yeah fun and games yes so um jeffrey have you had um fun tonight i've had a great time man i appreciate the conversation man this is a little bit of i got crazy shit going on in my world like everyone else and it's good to have a little bit of levity here with the chat with you my friend definitely definitely i i thoroughly enjoyed it sir um one last question before we uh before we depart um we've had a pretty detailed conversation i know your name jeffrey wilson so tell me who you are but don't tell me your name i'm a father i'm a son i'm a brother i'm a player of the game so game on short and sweet <laughs> like it <laughs> no, that, that, that's actually the little tag i have on my facebook page so hey I'm you cheated <laughs> <laughs> you knew that no, was I coming didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. But Remy, real talk, dude. I mean, I just try to have humble pie on my plate at all times of the day. We are mm -hmm. all works in progress. Yeah. And, you know, our shit does stink, regardless of what the fuck you think. Hopefully, you know, there's no such thing as failures or mistakes in the world, just opportunities to learn. Because, again, you know, we're all works in progress, man. So we're all trying to just do the best each day, man. Mm -hmm. Sounds sounds corny, but that's what it is, man. Oh, definitely. For me, anyway. Yes, indeed. I 100% I agree. Growth and development is on the cards. And that's what should well, be on and, everyone's and cards. And that's a huge, you know, much as they talk about the grand reset politically, financially, socially, if we don't take this time during this absolute fucking madness to utilize this, regardless of what you think about that world, if you can't look at this as some way to spiritually reset or just reset yourself, I don't know what the fuck more needs to take you to realize, you know, like you said, we, we got to evolve to just be better people, man. Because, uh, yeah. There's not much time isn't rewinding. Time is going forward. <laughs> it's not. It's not at all. This hopefully is helping to remind us of that. Most definitely. And, and I know everyone heard that last statement, but trustfully, they was listening. And not only listening, but they're going to try and apply some of that within their own life. Um, <clears throat> It starts with us, man. The world we see together yes. is just simply the byproduct of what we've allowed to accept, what we do. You know, the, the, they say be the change we want to see in the world. I mean, that's it. The only reason, yeah, it's uh, it starts with us, man. It starts with us. And like I was saying earlier, there's nobody coming to save you. So save yourself. The man in the mirror from the immortal words of uh, the king of pop, Michael Jackson. That's where it starts, baby. <laughs> Definitely. Hey, um, Jeffrey, what's the best place for people to get hold of you? Throw out all your social medias and stuff. Um, on Twitter, I am um, at I'm Jeffrey Wilson, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y. We are on Rockfin at That Podcast Network. You can just punch that in, and that's our RSS feed now. 
Um, most of that was just our Conspiracy Farm page, but we've added more shows. Like I said, I'm creating a network, and we're going to be adding other shows to our network. So that podcast network on Rockfin, on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, all the good stuff. So, yeah, we kind of switch it up a little bit because, again, for me, man, doing the whole fire and brimstone all the time can get a little exhausting. I love doing yeah. the Conspiracy Farm, but I also like having kind of conversations like this where it can go anywhere, high, low, dark, light. Yes. We got that over there, too. Totally. And I'll make sure I put all links down below. If you're not already subscribed to uh, CFR News Network or CFR Sports, do so. And if you haven't already checked out Jeffrey, go on to the YouTube, go on to Rockfin, go on to the social medias. Um, he is available and does um, converse. Like, Absolutely. subscribe, comment, and most definitely share. for taking the time to tune into CFR Network. If you enjoyed the content, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. And if you ain't already, most definitely share. If you'd like to go that step further and to support the broadcast, go over to sbmentality.com and go get yourself some merch. And also go check out my sponsor over at Instagram, Supreme of the UK. Thank you for your continued support.